Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Join you today. He's a platinum artist, member of hip hop group, tag team, actor, voice artist. It's DC Glenn. How are you doing today, DC? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Rise to the challenge. I like that. (laughs) Just the way you said it. (laughs) I've had to do a lot of that. Um, Nah, man. Mine mine is simple. Uh, I had a wonderful childhood. You know, grew up in um, just having fun. And my parents worked me like a dog. And I'm so appreciative for that because as a grown man, I don't fear work. Right? Yep. So there's nothing that there's no challenge that gets in the way. There's nothing that I don't think I can do. And everything I do is pie in the sky. Right. And I think I've achieved a nice career and one that will be remembered in history books. And it all comes from that worth ethic that my parents instilled in me when I was a child. And when my father forced me to play trumpet and my mother forced me to do <laughs> piano lessons, but that wasn't what started my music. Started my music was when I got to high school, met Steve. He had a band. And I wanted to be in that band because they played in the quad. And uh, at lunchtime, then I worked at the truancy office down the hall from the choir. And I heard him singing. I wanted to be in that choir. Then I went to my first high school dance. And the DJ had two turntables and a mixer. And I was like, ooh, yeah, that's what I want <laughs> to do that. And I became masterful at all. And I graduated high school, went to college, uh, DJed all the frat parties, uh, wrote lyrics in class when I should have been studying, uh, <laughs> you know, learned how to use a four track because that's when a four track first came out back then. For all you, don't, all the, you, you, you people don't know what a four track is, it's basically uh, Pro Tools in a box with a cassette tape with four tracks. You don't know what a cassette tape is. Plastic <laughs> apparatus that plays music that if you break it, you gotta use a pencil and some tape to get it back together. Right. So got good at that, moved to Atlanta because Steve had moved to Atlanta. I came down here, had a ball. I knew I was gonna move here after college and started working in the clubs. And it was just too I was just having so much fun because all that hard work and being a DJ when everybody laughed at me and everybody's like, what are you doing? My parents are like, we didn't pay college for you to be a DJ and all this and all that. Now it's my career. Now all the singing and all the, the music theory that I learned, now it's my career. All of you know the things I learned from being in the band and how to get shows and how to do this and how to do that, it's now my career. And I expanded upon that. And because we moved to a different region, we were in the South Southeast, which is the land of bass. And I knew that being a hip hop group, we couldn't get out of the Southeast by making hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, or the form of hip hop that we were making. So we went to Steve and was like, we got to make an up-tempo record. And we made Woomp There It Is, our first attempt. And everybody thinks it was this big Manhattan project we had on lab coats and we're trying to come up with formulas and all this. And it was just about guys chasing girls on Saturday, Friday and Saturday night. Right. Which is the thesis of every country song, every rock and roll song, every yeah. blues song, every R and B song, every genre of music across the board. 
and it was just a song and it was that simple and we made it in august of 92 and that night i went to the club and played it on a cassette and to this day is the biggest record response i've had on any record and i've been djing for 30 years and fast forward to that spring um i had stopped playing it and i played it again and one of the record reps was in the house guy named alan cole from columbia records and he was like what is that i was like that's my new record dog he was like give me that i'm going to new york went to new york to get a call from columbia records two weeks two days later then everybody starts calling because I started passing out, you know, to all the record reps, they sent it to New York or LA. Now everybody's calling me, but nobody knew what to do with it. And I almost gave up when one of my record reps, Lisa McCall, was like, you need to call Al Bell. And the year before, Al Bell had put out a record called Daisy Dukes and it went gold. And I was like, that's a good, that's a good decision because he knows how to, you know, do this up tempo music. And I gave him a call and I almost forgot. He called me two weeks later. And I was like, look, man, you need to sign us. We got a hit record. It's been tested. You need to sign us. And he was like, okay. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't play with me. <laughs> I was like, you haven't even heard the record. And these words I'll never forget. He said, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. Get this thing moving. And let's go. And I gave my two weeks in Magic City, which is the club I was working at. Signed a messed up record deal. And in a month and a half, we were platinum and the rest is history. Growing up, did you have any musical influences, like the type of style and music that you enjoyed? Or was you into all the different aspects of it? Anything I heard on the radio, because back then it was all radio, right? But I, I remember when I got to high school, Planet Rock and Pac-Man, all the African Bambada stuff, because that's the essence of hip-hop to me, because that's when the B-Boy generation started. That's when breakdancing started. That's when all, that's when hip-hop really started taking off. And it just, you know, that inspired me. But then I was going to school on the West Coast, so Egyptian Lover and Dr. Dre, back when he was making up-tempo music Mm -hmm. and you know, all the freestyle artists from the Bay Area just and I would order my records from all over the country. So from New York, D.C. So I was hearing MC Shan and hearing the Boogie Down Bronx and hearing all these records. And it that's what shaped me. Right. And. That's why I've always been able to understand every genre of music, because I listen to every genre of music as a DJ growing up and bringing joy to people through genres of music was my mastery right and i will always have that because i know what to do nobody nobody did the research and the meticulous mining that you have to do to find the record that's in someone's region so if they come to your city and you play it in the club they feel at home Mm -hmm. right it's just those little things like that and that's just part of that's one of the things that I've always done is I go so far and beyond and I do it too because so many beautiful things happen when you go above and beyond and you just go hard you become invaluable right you get that muscle memory of overcoming any challenge you think differently you know how to thrive in a bizarro world right Yep. All these things you become masterful at over time. 
and that's what's happened to me. And today I still feel 25 because there's always a certain amount of mastery with new things because everything becomes new. Now I'm in, and I'm in the NFTs, crypto and all that. I've been in it, but now it's changing daily. Yes. Right. Because a couple of months ago, NFTs were like, huh? <laughs> right? But now it's like all the, everything is lining up. Right. Because now these companies are, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to connect to a coin. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to connect that in, in this NFT to the coin. And then you got that synergy and whoever can come up with that technology that serves all of it is the one who's going to win. Right. That's the fascinating thing to me. And then in my, you know, genre or just me, period, I can make my own NFTs because of who I am. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I'm 25, dude, and I'm (laughs) enjoying every bit of it. And things are coming to me that I mean, it's just it's just amazing how everything that's old becomes new again. And I'm living it, you know, like I'm about to go to Spokane, Washington, because I'm a part of NACA, National Association of Campus Activities, because we've been doing very lucrative college parties. And now I want to do lucrative college parties and speak Mm -hmm. at colleges and put them on game and talk to people about the very thing I'm talking to you about, because all I talk about is the things I wish someone had talked to me about when I was a young man. Right. It's I'm I'm having a ball. Was music always your goal to be in as a career? Or was there ever something else that you thought you might have wanted to do, but music kind of fell in your lap and you fell in love with music and you wanted to continue that route? Early on, yeah, I wanted to be a rock star until I was a rock star. Right. <laughs> Then you know it's like Tom Brady when he won the Super Bowl. It's like I want a super, couple Super Bowls. Is this it? Yeah. Right. But then over time, you realize that staying on top is not easy. Right. Correct. So therefore, what that's what drives you is to get back where you were. But for me, it's it it, it was different because the music is always going to be the music. But I fell in love with other things. Who doesn't want to walk on that, you know, up to the podium and accept their Oscar, right? Who doesn't want to be in an animated series or or for voiceover, right? Mm -hmm. So all the things that I do well, I have gained a certain amount of mastery over time. And back then, I thought I missed opportunities, right? And... You asked, you know, was music always there? Music is always the driving force because I've been a DJ and that's what sustained my music, right? Tag teams didn't sustain my music. DJing sustained my music. My DJing sustained tag team, right? Mm -hmm. But to keep a hit record viable through all these years and turn it to the nostalgia stage and then thrive off of it, you better have a different set of skills. So I learned SEO. I learned digital marketing. I started running my life like a corporation. I became a licensed commodities broker. All the things that I had made mistakes about in my life, all the traumatic events that happened in my life, I stood up, accepted it, 
responsibility as a man and said, that will never happen to me again. And I corrected it through intellect and education, thinking differently because there are different ways to do things. There are different ways to shift your paradigm. Your paradigm is custom to you, Mm -hmm. right? And I've come up with hustle tactics after hustle tactic after hustle tactic to learn things quicker, faster, and regain more retention more fully. So if I learned something, I actually learned it. I call this process learn how to learn. It's not just enough to learn. You have to learn how to learn, right? Because oh yeah, if you're doing it like everybody else, then mm-mm. learn it. But then how can I learn it faster, right? I just got off a conversation because I'm about to build a website and I could pay somebody to do it. I don't want to do that. I want somebody to be, work with me on this website one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Show me how to do this step-by-step, right? I could do it with this other theme, but I want to do it with this theme. I'm switching themes. Show me how I will pay you to show me how to do this one-on-one. And now I will know how to do it. Now I'm ambidextrous in life because even if I don't have the time to build the next one, I have the knowledge to teach the person that wants to learn it. And now they become part of my team and I flourish, right? I I extend my tentacles and my reach. That's just one thing. I do SEO, right? I write write Wikipedia pages. I'm a data data analyst, right? I do all these things because they serve the purpose of music, Mm -hmm. team, right? Anything that comes my way. Like people say, you can't do all that, DC. You can't do everything. (laughs) I'm like, you're right. Absolutely right. But I sure enough can be prepared for everything. And they look at me, they're like, man, that's poignant. And I just shake my head because I'm like, the very thing you just disapproved of, you now approve of, but said in a different way because preparation is doing everything, right? So if I know I got all these opportunities coming to me, all the seeds that I lay, I better be prepared for them to hit me in the head. I better be prepared for a seed that I planted 20 years ago to come back and fully bloom in front of me now, mm-hmm. right? And that's what happens, Right. That's what happens. And you have to just keep pushing, play offense, never look at the glass as half empty. Always look at it as half full. Right. And you will, you, you, it's just, don't, I don't want to say mindset because everybody uses it. It's a mindset. No, it is, it is a way of thinking that's different. And if you can, if you can put all those ways that, that, that are different into positive, you know, things that happen, if you can turn your negatives into your positives, then there's nothing that can stop you. It's going to take work, though. Only thing that can stop you is you. So depending on how much you want to work, that's the only thing that can stop you. And if something else stops you, there's going life is going to hit you. Right. But like those are just, you know, life is going to be life. That's baked in the cake already. Mm-hmm. but you can't use that as an excuse right all the bad things you know it's up to you you get one life and it's up to you what you do with it so i don't care how old you are how young you are there's nothing on this earth that is not achievable 
period. But you got to put in the work. First, you got to get the intellect, but then you got to put in the work and then you got to come up with all these tactics to get to where you need to be faster. And that's that's what I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking just in the last couple of hours, all the things that have just hit me in the head, right? Like just call after call after call, opportunity after opportunity. Like just got a call from the Nick Cannon show. Oh, just, wow. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm doing auditions. I got voiceover to do, right? I just finished two TV shows. All these things that I'm thinking about, we got Thanksgiving Day Parade. Then we got, then I got a, got a, a voiceover awards show to go to. All these things require me to keep them locked in a ball. So if there are things on the outside, these opportunities, I got to say no. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not within my little ball of, you know, my concentrated ball of discipline and focus, then you're just all over the place. That's fine, too, because you usually find your way to that ball, but you know, it takes mastery and all those things that people said you were the jack of all trades of, right? Jack of all trades, master of none. But if you live long enough, hustle hard enough, play offense, learn how to learn, you become masterful at all of those trades and you become ambidextrous in life. I love the example that you gave about you learning about SEO with building the website, not letting just someone do it for you. Because I have that same mentality where I like to get my hands involved and learn as we make these projects. Like, especially with this, I didn't know anything about editing, but I was learning because it made me evolve as a person because if my job needed someone to do an edit for something, I have the background and the skill set, and I can get myself involved in that. So I love that example because I think I can really relate to that. And there's so many people that can relate. And then there's some people that just can't because they want that easy route. And with us, we want to evolve and grow and learn even more. Hey, man, I tell people every day, if you have a job that you don't like or you just have a job, don't just have a job. Learn how to do everybody's job. When I was DJing, yeah. I was not just DJ. I was your light guy. I was your sound guy. I did all your graphics work. I did your video editing. I did your television commercials. I did your voiceover. I did your fashion photography. And now I got six streams of income because I've just made myself invaluable. Yeah, I told yeah. you, if you got a dead-end job, it's not dead-end because there are a whole bunch of people that do a different job. Learn how to do everybody's job. You learn how to do everybody's job. Somebody's going to be sick one day. The boss will be like, damn, she's not here. I got it. Whoa. Okay. Okay. How you know how to do it? Uh, we, we work together. I told she taught me. All right, cool. Supervisor's gone. Well, I need this done. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. And most people, I'm not about to do all that extra work, but what they don't understand is that you're not doing it for the company or for somebody else. You're doing it for you and if you do it for you, even if they don't keep you, the transition to the next bigger thing is easier mm -hmm. because now you have more in your toolbox to succeed. If you're the, that, if you're what you just wasted a whole bunch of time. If you're just sitting at a job doing the same thing you always do, you better learn everything. If they got a program where you can come up, you can learn how to do this and learn how to do that. Get that after that person finishes that. After that person finishes that program, ask them, can you go down to FedEx and copy that book so you can learn what they know, right? They're, 
you gotta you gotta want it bad. You gotta keep want you guys. You gotta want it, but it ain't for everybody. That's true. It ain't for everybody, and I can only control what I do. So I talk to people. I try to motivate them. I try to give them analogies that they can understand. And hopefully I just, I think I touch people. I think I, you know, people see me doing it, right? After 28 years, they still see me doing this with one song. (laughs) One song. And I'm still doing it. And like I said, actor, that was hard. I had to put in the work voiceover that was hard i had to put in the work seo took me 10 years i had to put in the work but now i'm becoming masterful and they all serve me in ways i never could imagine me becoming a licensed commodities uh, broker back in 2002 is serving me now in crypto because i used to be i used to trade i work for brokerages so now i kind of know what's going on right yep and i've spread it out you got your stocks you got your I don't want to miss nothing. I don't want to miss 2010 again. We're at 2010 again, where Bitcoin just came. There's another, there's another, there's a whole bunch of Bitcoins out there. I'm not going to miss it. Think about it if we were thinking like we are now, we put just $100 on it, $200 on it, because we were looking and seeing that it was new. And even though it was far fetched, I don't know, that, that $200 is not going to hurt you. If anything, it just, 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 chugs along and stays in a certain range but now look now look at it $67,000 a day (laughs) right it's just it's I'm still learning every day about that stuff and trying to become more aware of what's going on so that I have the knowledge when it's on the news and you see about it but I'm not listening to the news I'm looking I'm I, I get every course but I'm, I'm, I know that the only way it's valuable is if there's synergy across the board with certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is a technology. It's not a coin. It's a technology. It's energy, right? And they haven't been able to crush it. They haven't been able to regulate it. They haven't been able to do anything to it. Not to say that it can't happen, but I mean people were probably thinking about Bitcoin like the people thinking I was there when the internet started. We were only the one, only first rap groups to have an internet site. Little two pages. Yeah. 1993. Yep. Made in first version of front page. (laughs) Microsoft front page. Then made in Dreamweaver. First version of Dreamweaver. Right. And I didn't know what it was back then. Right. And these are those little traumatic experiences that you look back in a day. See, a lot of times what happens is we beat ourselves up about the mistakes and the missed opportunities we think we've made in life. And for example, I'm in the deep bowels of Disney in 1994 and I'm teaching Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap because Disney pulled us in to do a, Disney, a children's record. So I'm with the voice artists of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse or a husband and wife team teaching them how to rap. They teach me about animation and voiceover. And that's where my voiceover career started. But 
I beat myself up for years because I look back on that experience and I was like, I didn't take it serious. And I was there, right? I was there. Two years later, no, a year later, I'm in the office of the CEO of New Line Cinema. And he's like, yeah, man, congratulations on Whoop, there it is. And my head's all big. And he's like, yeah, we're working on this movie, new movie. We're, you know, a new company, but working on this movie with, uh, you know, the, the leads are between Wesley Snipes and LL Cool J. It's a vampire movie called Blade. We might want to audition you for it. I'm like, yeah, 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 talk to my agent. <laughs> I was there, right? And I beat myself up for years, man. And the pandem- but the pandemic, I made a vow. Because it changed everything. Changed everybody's way of thinking. I said, I will not leave this earth regretting something that I wish I had done. And I beat myself up for years because I could have been an actor back then. But some, you know, my Aunt Judy told me, she said, baby, sometimes in life, we're just not ready. And that's okay. And I just look at it as like, okay, you cook an apple pie and you pull it out in 15 minutes, it's not going to be ready. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I look at life now as I'm an actor. I started acting in 2017. Got tons of TV commercials under my belt. I've got four television shows and three movies in that in, in the span of two years and an incredible Geico commercial and about to shoot another Geico commercial. And Geico gave us an ice cream. Wow. You see what I'm saying, man? Sometimes in life, we're just not ready. But I didn't quit. I went back to it. I kept going. I got masterful at voiceover. This week on NBC. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? These are the things that I can do now. So I can interject myself into things that most people can't. So the opportunities that I see I can, that are in my wheelhouse, I snatch them and I rock them. So there's no way that I can do all that, but I can be prepared for all of it. Mm-hmm. So it comes across my plate. Yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll take this one. I just finished two TV shows, two weeks consecutive, where I booked big ones. I can't even talk about it. They're so big. <laughs> right? So, you know, the challenge is not to be in your emotions. The challenge is to take negatives and turn them into positives. Mm-hmm. Take any negative emotion, fear, envy, hate, anger, disgust. And the key is don't react to it. Stop, put it in your pocket. And then it turns into positive energy because now that's an experience that you can apply to something. Somebody says, like, you can't do this. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get mad. Put it in my pocket. Yeah. Next week, I got a little formula I got to figure out. You know, they said you couldn't do it. They probably right. No, they're not. Here we go. Positive. Right? Or I might have an audition where I'm arguing with somebody and I got to be mad. Well, I don't have to look for the character. I don't have to make up something. All I got to do is pull it out of my, my pocket. And now the character becomes me. And it's real. And that's what acting is, right? That's what voiceover is, right? And you apply these things to your life and 
you flourish. And when you do that, you kill your pride and you kill your ego. Because pride is what holds people back. Because mm-hmm. they get stuck in their ways. They get stuck in what they think. They get stuck in, it might be in, they might be a false narrative and they're going to stick with it just because they don't like to be wrong. I love to be wrong because I know it's the path to being right and I'll never be wrong at it again. Right? You have to be such a bigger man to eat that. That that's my diet. Right? And I keep my ego sequestered. I keep my uh, my pride sequestered and now my mind is truly opened. And you said earlier, everybody wants instant gratification. They try to put it on young people, but that's bull. Old people got want instant gratification too, right? People who don't got nothing want instant gratification. That's why they don't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody wants it like that. And yeah. the key to, you know, you don't plant a seed in fertile soil and sit down and say, okay, seed grow. Grow seed. Come on, I need the seed to grow. Man, this seed don't work. I quit. We know people like that. Oh, yeah. But what they don't understand is there is no quit pro quo. You plant that seed and you keep it moving. Mm-hmm. You don't expect anything from it because now you're tied to it emotionally. Is you basically, you basically drop, you basically slot machining it, right? Throwing a coin in the slot machine. I hope, I hope, I pray, I hope. Ah, and you're doing it over and, and, and nothing's happening and you quit. When you could just plant that seed, keep it moving, plant the other seed. And I planted so many seeds in my life. I stand before you in a forest opportunity unimaginable to most. And it's up to me to manage it. And it's up to me to keep curating it. And it's up to me to tell my story and to live my life and spread the word to everybody else that what I do can be done, but you got to put in the work. And you can't be emotional about it. And you got to not care. You can't expect anything back. And I don't. I don't expect anything. I just, if 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 I go and try to do something and it don't work, hey, I tried. Mm-hmm. And something weird happens. A couple years down the line, it comes back and it serves you. And then it folds into all your other tentacles. And now you just have so much mastery because of life. You've lived life and you've withstood things and you've, you you had trauma and you've you know you've been down and you've come back up and you've done all these things. That's baked in the cake. But it's how you respond and it's how you keep focused and stay moving is what gets you to where you want to be in life. And if everybody just saw it that way, every more people would get what they want. But it ain't for everybody. <laughs> and I tell people all the time, it's like, like when I talk to to, to young people and you know, it's like, but you make it so easy. I was like, nah, it ain't, this is all easier said than done. I said, don't, nothing I do is easy. I said, look, y'all, it never gets easier, ever. But it does get better. And that's totally. all you can hope for in life. That's all you can hope for in life, man. When you did the Geico commercial and you're with your tag team member also, did it bring back like the old good times with you guys performing or whenever you do like reunion performances that it brings up the good memories. And even with the fans listening to it, they're like, we've never stopped. So it's just keep going. We've never stopped. We've always been doing NBA halftime shows and shows and concerts and things of that nature. You've never stopped. 
And every year, whoop, there it is, is in something. TV commercial, uh, theme song, movie. It's never stopped. So we've never stopped, right? But we're not a rah-rah type of group, right? Because kind of lame trying to say, you're, you know, trying to say, hey, everybody look at me, I'm hot, still on one song. That's lame. You don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when you show up to an old school concert, you give the memories. You look, I'm the one that drives the memories. I'm the one that creates the nostalgia. Because I take you back to a time when of your youth and when you have fun and it is your favorite song and generation after generation after generation has listened to that song and learned to love it because they hear it in pop culture. Mm-hmm. They hear it in their everyday lives. And then to have it come back in the, you know, have it in the Geico commercial. And the reason that it happened, it even happened, is because of SEO because of acting and because of who I am 11 years ago I get a call at the club from a New York Times reporter want to talk to me I talked to the next day she's like Did you read the Gawker article everybody thinks Barack Obama was in your video we do press for a whole week ABC NBC Stephen Colbert show everything the big boys and at the end of that week I had nothing to show for it and it pissed me off that will never happen again that's what started my SEO career. I didn't have a web presence. I couldn't be seen. If they can't find you, how are they going to pay you? Mm-hmm. Remember that, kids. <laughs> if they can't find you, how are they going to pay you? And that's what started my SEO career. Search engine optimization. Learning how to build websites. Learning what keywords were. Learning how you know, to structure your links properly. Learning how to structure your silos properly. Learning... All of these things, how to use WordPress, all the stuff that was very, 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 very difficult. And September 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, I get a call. Hey, DC, my acting agent, you booked a Geico commercial. Don't play my motion, Smokey. <laughs> I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. He's like, DC, they want a tag team. I was like, oh. And I checked the tag team phone. There it was. But they didn't wait for me to call them back. They went on the internet, found my IMDB, found my agent. Wow. I let my agent make my money because that's what they do. I let, them, I let them do the deal. And it is the most lucrative deal that we have ever made. All because I could be found. Right? And that is what it's about. Right? You have to be able to be found. They found me. Now, fast forward to, you know, this is what we're going to do. Okay, cool. Now I get to prepare as an actor. I said, I want to come with five or six things that make this commercial add to it. I got to put my, I got to imprint on it. And plus, that's just what I do. I prepare. And the night before we had our fitting, I was like, I got some ideas I really would like you to hear. It's like, anything you want to do, DC? I was like, well, try to make a spin and scoop, but couldn't make one. We'll have it tomorrow, DC. What? Oh, I know kids love sprinkles. I want to do the sprinkle with the salt bay, and I want to do the LeBron James throw, and I want to do a food fight sprinkle and all kind of sprinkles. DC will have a truckload full of sprinkles. Yes, <laughs> we do. And you want to do this? Boom, 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 boom. We went through the whole line. And we did everything. We, they could have shot five Geico commercials with all the stuff that we did. 
And the things that I prepare for are the things that make the commercial great because we were tag team. Mm-hmm. What you saw is what you get, right? And all the other actors did an incredible job. And they are all Atlanta actors and everything was Atlanta. These are my colleagues, right? And then we wait. And I'm like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm not going to be able to do shows. Salt and Pepper did theirs in 2014. They've been touring ever since. But we can't tour because of the pandemic. What am I going to do? I'm not going to sit around. Find a publicist. Now publicists don't want to work with me because we're in a pandemic. I'm like, what? I'm going to be my own damn publicist. And here's, listen, kids, hustle, hustle, hustle. This is a learn how to learn hustle tactic. Whenever you get stuck, whenever there's a problem, whenever you can't figure something out, join an organization, society, or association because those entities are filled with people who have been masterful at their profession and they've been doing it for 10 20 30 40 50 years and they can't wait to run their mouth about their profession and they will tell you everything they need you need to know and they have all the resources so i joined the profession i mean uh public relations society of america super bowl week i'm two two uh days in i'm on a zoom uh cast with this ceo this big pr firm like uh excuse me but uh our press release is relevant I know they're relevant, but I want to hear somebody who knows the game. And they're like, well, what's the form? I'm like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. <laughs> then I look at the chat and it's like, wait a minute. That's not him. What's he doing here? Oh my God, it is him. Oh my God, my, my great commercial, dude. My mom loves that commercial. My grandma loves that commercial. It just blew up. I just took over the entire chat. And the moderator <laughs> calmed everything down. She's like, Okay, back to what is his question is. Our press release is relevant. The CEO goes, yes! Because the whole last year has been, every story has been about COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID every story has been political. Right? And here you guys come throwing sprinkles and spinning scoops and dancing and DC will smile. Of course that press release is going to work. You're going to go here for all the publicists, here for all the podcasts, here for all of the TV talk shows, here for all the journalists. You're going to make sure your pitches are like this. And it has changed my life forever because she gave me the entire breadth of her experience in 10 minutes. And it is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Well, it's an honor. Publicist. You see what I'm saying? And I become my own publicist. That done mushroomed into 15 other things. Right? Join an organization and learn what you need to learn. You don't even got to join the organization. Just pick up the phone and call them. Oh yeah. Why should I join your organization? Well, we do this, 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 and this, and this, 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 and this. Well, I'm trying to do this. Can y'all help me with that? Sure, we can because we got this, this, and this, 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 and that. You have cut your learning curve probably by 70%. Because now you're talking to people who've been doing it every day for 30 years. Mm And they get they got the fundamentals. They can tell you the real stuff. Then it's up to you to get creative with the new thing and make it your own. And when people ask me, what do you what message do you have for the high school youth? I was like, that's it. You know, I mean, if you can't, if you can go to college, go to college. If you can't, join an organization, figure out how it's done, and go get your money. 
period. And that's what I've done. So now I'm in so many organizations. I mean, I'm in NAC. I'm in IEBA. IEBA is International Entertainment Buyer Association because I wanted to start doing shows again around 2015. They were like, well, you only got one song, so I don't know if we can really even get you guys show. I'm like, all right. Keep telling me no. When join that organization. When it comes to concerts, there's a hierarchy. You have your buyers, the people who put on the concert. Then you have your big boy, the the, the Live Nations and the uh, Radio Ones. And then you have your mama pops, the very people that were telling me you only got one song. They could put me on their roster. Then you have the managers. Then you have the artists. I effectively cut out the middle. I go to the convention. I'm wearing a big, whoop, there it is, T-shirt. 5,000 strong in there. Me and Chub- Chubby Checker, the only black dudes in there. And I get to networking, and now we're doing shows. We're doing 40 wow. shows a year. You see what I'm saying? Don't let nobody tell you you can't do something. Don't let nobody tell you anything. Figure out a way. And if you can't figure out a way, join an organization, and then you'll figure out a way. It's that simple, right? I'm I'm in the uh, cryptocurrency uh, or a cryptocurrency organization. I know it, but it's good to be in an organization because there are people smarter than me. And if we talk, I'm going to pick up things, mm-hmm. right? So I joined it because that's what I want to learn about, right? I'm in NACA, National Association of College of, of Campus Activities, because I know. If I, I'm going to the convention, if I go to those conventions, I'm going to be the star. People are like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like, I'm here with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I was like, whatever your college got going on, I, we, we can come up there and we can, we'll turn it out. Let's go. And now we're a viable option because they met me in person. Mm-hmm. And they have budgets that are astronomical. You see what I'm saying? You have to, you have to hustle. I'm hustling. I don't have to, but I do it anyway because that's what's required to get where you want to get. And every, you know, I I always ask people like, what do you want? And they can't even tell me half the time. They try to flip it on me. What do you want? I'm like, I want it all. (laughs) It's like, you can't have it. Like, hey, you didn't ask me that. You asked me what I want. I want it all. That's my driving force. I know I can't have it all, but I want it all. So whatever comes along the way, that's what I'm. <laughs> so hey man, that's 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 DC the Brain Supreme in a nutshell because they call me DC the Brain Supreme for a reason. I just figure things out, man. I don't. I'm, I'm tenacious with it, right? I just think differently. I think backwards. I think forwards. I'm just try to be practical, right? And I'm just as lazy as the next person. <laughs> Probably lazier. But if I got to do it, I do it anyway. And that's what makes people great. You know, that's one of the first lessons you learn. So, hey, man, that's all I can tell you. And I just have a ball living life. That ball living life. Do you have any future personal goals that you're wanting to accomplish outside of career life? Is there something that you want to pursue personally that 
has been like a dream of yours or something that has always been on your mind that you want to accomplish? I'm in the process of doing everything I ever could have imagined doing. I'm an actor, right? You know how hard it is to get on television or get in movies? Not easy. (laughs) I mean, like that, that was it, right? You know how hard it was to become a, a rap star, right? Like those three things continue to serve me. What else is there? Maybe win an Oscar, maybe, you know, a little, you know, accolades like that later on, but that's not really a goal. Mm-hmm. It's a byproducts of what I'm doing now. I, you know, I, the answer to that question, mastery. I want mastery. I want mastery in acting, mastery in voiceover mastering of what I do in all these years that I put in in my crafts I want mastery at all of it if I can achieve that I've done the most that I could done with this life the Lord has blessed me with the final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Join an organization. Plain and simple. And don't quit. You can never quit. You can never quit. And people are like, well, DC, how do you how do you handle the fear when you jump from one thing? I was like, mm, you be scared. Mm-hmm. You can do two things at once. You can be scared and keep it moving. Be scared, never stop moving. Because that fear is what drives you through it. And when you get on the other side of it, you realize that, hey, what's the next thing I'm scared of? What's the next challenge? Right? Because you're willing to you want to face your fear, right? And facing your fear is exhilarating. Yep. It really is. It's rare that you get to really witness it in that context. But facing your fear is exhilarating, my friend. And when you accomplish that, you're a better person. And, you know, it, it you're just a better person than you were the day before. Right. So just dry. Like. To me. It's just about. Getting through it. There's no way around it. There's no way over it. There's no way under it. The only way to it is through it. Period. Well, DC, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future has for you. Hey, man. I just want to thank you for letting me come over here and run my mouth because I know I've been running my mouth, (laughs) but I appreciate you letting me run my mouth because I learn more from talking. You know what I'm saying? So, this little this little session has I don't come up with 10 new hustles, right? Just from me hearing my own stupid voice. It's like, oh, that's how I do that. Oh, while I'm talking to you. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your listeners. And before I go, one more thing I gotta get off my chest. Uh sprinkle. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you having me on. You have a good evening. Peace, everybody. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for the full-length episode in video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You 
decide.